Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, people, you know that sound. It's the Unfiltered Band Means. Yes, another episode of Unfiltered coming at you. Here and now, this one live and impromptu and on the fly, on the spot, and official will go down as episode number 165. The top 10 things to look forward to out of the 223, the 2023, the 2023 MLB season, which is right around the corner. Thank you, Unfiltered Band, and thank you to all of you on Apple, Spotify, Everywhere you get your podcast for listening, where most of you normally do. For those of you who are joining us live on Twitter and on the YouTube channel, which you can get in my bio, subscribe, like all the videos, jump on board. We'll see you live. Get in and you can chat as well along the way during the show. You can reply on Twitter. You can always DM and reply and chat on the YouTube comments throughout the course of the uh, term of unfiltered, which has been that we're coming around. May will be a year of us doing these shows now, 165 episodes deep. As always, we are proud and uh, pleased to say that we are presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Bet Online does remain your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, and game trends over at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or any game imaginable. Bet Online truly is the fastest and easiest way. Bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus. With your first deposit, make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your awards. It's betonline.ag where the game starts. Uh, before we get started, as I've been saying and trying to promote out there for anybody who is local in the Georgia area, you can come down and see me. Uh, most of the time, also every uh, day and night over at uh, Rock and Roll Sushi in Alpharetta, Georgia. Uh, come look it up online. Find out how to come see me and talk some SBORTS. Food, drinks, sports, me and you conversating, and uh, it's a good time. So enjoy all of that. You can get more information on my YouTube channel or on my Twitter at Casey Stern. Again, welcome to all of you who are listening or watching, whether it's belated or live. I wanted to get into as we sit now, and the calendar says February. Um, whatever it is, what is it, the 10th now. And pitchers and catchers, we are approaching. And we are getting to the point where we are almost right then and there for this WBC, for this season to get underway, and for all of the drama to lay out. I've laid it out in this manner. I'm going to give you the top 10 things I'm looking forward to. I am not going to count them down 10 to 1 because I think it's more about, you know, really getting – the ones that I'm looking forward to out there and giving you a sense of where I sit. I want to know where you sit. Chat with me live. Get in on Twitter at Casey Stern. Get on the YouTube. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcast and it's belated, get at me. What are you most looking forward? What question are you most looking forward to answering about the upcoming Major League Baseball season? Here we go. Without further ado, a little impromptu live on Twitter and across social. Here are my top 10 things to look forward to and questions to be answered. In the 2023 baseball season, no particular order. But I will start chronologically with this one. And that is, how does the World Baseball Classic impact this season? And who wins? Now, I don't really want to sit there and tell you, and I've covered some of these. And I remember covering the first one. And I remember being at Chase Field. I remember all the excitement surrounding it from the people who covered the game. And then realizing that even the people in the stands had no vibe. There was no it factor. 
To me, these games have been played often in the wrong cities. It hasn't had the best players wanting to attend. And when, you know, you, you sit there and you're trying to build something new and it's not a gold medal and it's not the Olympics. I think everybody would get jacked up if baseball was there the way that the NHL went years ago and the professionals got involved and that was handled and looked at differently by fans. It's been hard to kind of get this thing going, right? This different, though, this year. Mike Trout, among others, the, the forefront guys in the league want to be there. They're going to be representing their countries. You always know that the folks that are sitting around, I've covered baseball in the Caribbean, and I did for years, long time ago when I was at MLB.com. You always know that Venezuela and Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic and those teams and those folks, Colombia, those guys are representing that 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 emblem on the front in a different way that a lot of us here in the States and in North America just don't understand. We're not feeling that. We don't understand that. You may feel some of that even as a fan when you're watching synchronized swimming during the Olympics because you're rooting for anybody from the U.S., but you don't even really about baseball. It's just not the feeling you get. This is just not what it's been. It's different, and it hits different. I've talked to players, and I've covered this event. After, after the first game and the first time that they put that jersey on, that's just a different thing. Now, can the U.S. team bring some of that feel this year? Maybe. They certainly bring some of the better players. But one of the things you got to look at, and I know people don't want to sit there, and I'm not trying to sit there and, and be Debbie Downer to start this list of top 10. They ain't all good. But the injuries, because I mentioned when the NHL players got to the Olympics, and I know, being an Islander fan at the time, that it was not fun watching John Tavares go down with a season-ending injury and ruining my NHL season while he wasn't even playing for the country in which I live. He was playing for Canada. You don't want to have that situation. And there are some teams that are sitting there where the Mets got 12 guys, I think. There are teams that are going to be sitting there with their fingers and their toesies crossed because their investments, their chances, their everything is sitting there and hanging in the balance. And this isn't a skills competition that may not get them hurt. It ain't the home run derby. These guys are going to be playing as hard, if not harder, for their own countries than they're going to be playing for the team that they eventually go to. And I love what the World Baseball Classic can be. And I hope that this year it finally becomes something because it hasn't been to this point. Sorry, it's just not. I'm going to go back to years ago when the U.S. made it to the final and the year that Hosmer and company were on there. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, how in the hell is this game? First of all, it was on at nine o'clock at night. This is, was this, the national championship. Second of all, it was on MLB Network. No problem. Love the people at MLB Network. But it's called MLB Network. Only baseball fans can go there. They had deal with Fox at the time, and FS1 had some nonsense on it, and Fox had reruns, reruns of Empire. Now, you run that thing on Fox, and somebody's sitting there by accident. They turn on the channel, and there's the U.S. I'll watch the U.S. do anything. I don't even know what a mogul is, and I watch it because the U.S. in it. I don't even know what it is. I'll watch the United States do anything during the Olympics. And so do a lot of you for whatever countries you hail from, root for, et cetera. But that's that we haven't treated this like a big deal. And I'm sorry, people don't want to hear that, but it is what it is. And again, top 10 things, questions to be answered. MLB season 2023, what's the impact of the World Baseball Classic? No particular order where I'm going with first of the 10. And... You know, people don't want to talk about this and they don't want to hear about this. And that's that's fine. That's fine. 
if you want to pretend it hasn't been the case. But I, I'm sorry, if we're talking about real life, if we're really getting at it, I mean, I remember the first time I covered the World Baseball Classic, right? And I think Derek Jeter and Jimmy Rollins and J-Roll were the two shortstops. Was Davey Johnson? Was it, it wasn't Buck. I think it was Davey Johnson who was the manager at the time. And J-Roll had gone like two for two to start a game. And then they put Derek Jeter in. Like, you know, when you got to like in Little League, like when my son who's eight is on a team and everybody got to like, you know, they got to rule with, with his uh, Little League team in that league that like, you know, everybody got to play a certain amount of innings and, you know, everybody kind of, you know, gets uh, taken out and has to sit on the bench for an inning. Everybody got to play in the outfield and then you got to play in the infield and then everybody's got to have a chance to catch and all that stuff. Great. But if you're handling that in the world baseball classic that way, then what the hell is that? But that's the way it's been handled. That's the way it's been handled. How does the world baseball classic impact the season that we are about to see take place? That definitely one of the biggest questions to be answered. Top 10 for me in whatever order as we sit there in 2023. Again, these are not in a countdown form, but I want to know what is the thing you are. What are you most looking forward to? In this 2002, and I'm going to tweet this out too. What are you most looking forward to as we approach the 2023 MLB season? We'll see if we can get some of these live as well in here and see where people are going with that. Meanwhile, here's uh, number two. Again, no particular order. How will the new rules impact the game and the entertainment of the game? You know, I think when you look at the new rules this year, everybody's going to focus on the pitch clock. And, you know, I, I'll go back to where I've been with, with this. You know, and, and I know it's pace and not about total time. And the league has been crossed up on that. You know, even they've talked about total running time, if you will, of the game. And the game average was three hours in this, and then it's three hours in that. And I'll go back to, if you listen to me over the years, I go back to many, many times where you're sitting there and I want you to you, you imagine you're on a date tonight or you're sitting there with your husband, your wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever. And you guys are at a movie tonight in front of that TV and you're thinking, okay, Netflix, fine, let's go. Uh, you know, the chill part's over. We're getting to the movie part. And we got like, uh, we got a couple choices. And one is three hours and four minutes. And you say to your better half, uh, there's no way. I'm watching a movie that's three hours and four minutes. Too long. Don't have the time. Don't have the attention span. Tonight's not the night for that. You know what I mean? Love Oliver Stone, not doing three hours and four minutes. Now, what if the next, what if I could tell you if, you know, to use the entourage thing, would that be something you'd be interested in? If I told you that same movie was two hours and 58 minutes, are you really going to watch it for the six minutes? You ain't watching it for six minutes. So you can cut off a minute here and a minute there. That ain't going to change the way we watch the game. Now, it'll change the pace and the in-between, and I think that could have positive impacts on the game in terms of, the pacing of it when you think about the pitch clock, but the biggest impacts of the game clearly are going to be what do we see in terms of the changing with the shift? And now for guys who are hitters who have gone from good habits to terrible habits, can they find themselves back into a spot and nestle in where they can now approach trying to use the field? Or are you going to find out, which is very likely as a viewer that while you thought, Hey, they were too stubborn or they're worried about their paychecks or they couldn't or whatever reason you came up with, they can't figure out how to beat the shift. 
Now you're going to be sitting there saying, well, wait a minute. Now you're telling me they can't change. I thought if I could change, you could change. We all could change. You're going to find guys who are not able to change. And not going to be so easy for them to be spraying it around the field, although I am okay with and will be in the minority on this, everything that they've done with the shift and the change. And aesthetically for building and selling the game, I think it's huge. I think for the, for the MIT over MLB nerds of the sport, and that's okay, and that maybe that includes me, and that's all right. I think for us or for whoever, for you, and there are people way worse than me than I am with it, I think you people can get curmudgeon about it all you want, and nobody gives a crap. At the end of the day, we need more kids. We need more kids to get involved. Need more kids to get involved. And to me, the aesthetics of explaining to an eight-year-old, I know because I got one, why the third baseman all the way over here, that, that ain't going to fly. And he, he, I'm sorry, it's better for the game this way. Just is what it is. I don't need you know, the tight end. Bill Belichick put the tight end all the way over there. Maybe that's interesting. But we kind of know, okay, so that's an I formation. That's where the running back goes. This is just the way it is. This is what a power play looks like. Every sport that way, you want to tell me it's boring to you? I don't really care. To me, shift, positive, let's go. But where I don't think we're understanding, and, and I mean we, the whole league, because I saw MLB put out, and I don't know, I think it was their own Twitter, the projections for the stolen base leaders this for this year. And I think whoever posted it might have been intoxicated because they had, like, I think, I'm trying to remember who it was at the forefront, but they had like 35 was the highest. I'm going to go out on a limb right now and tell you, I think three dudes will steal 50 this year. I don't think people are spending nearly enough time understanding that the biggest impact we're going to see this entire year is going to be from the lack of throws over the bigger bags and that combo, because with the lack of ability that so many hitters have to put the ball in play, with the feast or famine nature that we have with so much of this sport right now, it is going to be absolutely immensely positive that you can find another way to matriculate, if you will, around the bases without use of the bunt or hitting the ball to the right side or all the things that nobody wants to see anymore. And when I say nobody, that wouldn't include me because to me, that's part of baseball. But I get it. Well, you know what? I want to see people run. I'd rather watch somebody run out a triple or run into the gap in center field to make a diving catch then watch 100 home runs. Sorry. Seen it, been there, done that. Great. When the screaming baseball was there, shout out to it years ago, on baseball tonight, it was that was great. That was like 20 years ago. I seen enough home runs at this point. I want to watch athleticism. I want to watch the athletes of this sport be on center stage, and I think you're going to get people running way more than anybody understands. Those rules are going to change the game more this year than the shift. They will change the game more this year than the pitch clock. You can count on it and bet your ass on it. And remember I said it. There aren't enough things being talked about in terms of how big of an impact that is going to have on this sport this year. I can't understand. It's like people are asleep. You better wake up because that's going to change this game. 2023. So WBC, what's the impact? Second question, things you're looking forward to answering, finding out how will the new rules impact the game and the entertainment of the game and the style of the game and so on and so forth. Eeny, meeny, mighty. Who are the dark horses of 2023? We'll do that as number three. Here's the, the problem with this year. It is so have and have not driven. It is so much about the top heavy. 
in the American League, the Yankees and the Astros and the Jays and the Mariners and maybe one or two others. In the National League, the Dodgers and the Mets and the Braves and the Padres and the Phillies and maybe sort of the Cardinals. Where are you going to go outside of that? Where are you going to go to find your dark horses? Is it going to be Texas? Who I Look, how do you call them a dark horse if they just spent all that money, right, on Jacob deGrom and on the rest of that pitching staff? And I like and Heaney. I like some of the moves that they made. I think the Rangers are going to be better and certainly Seager and Semi in the year before and what they already were building and some of their young talent, right? How are, how are we going to see Texas advance? Because there's an opportunity for them to be able to do that. Certainly, there's some spots, right? But how are we going to see that change? What about the Chicago Cubs in the National League? I like what they did up the middle and taking a shot on Bellinger. And I like what they did with Dansby Swanson and some of the other moves they made. I think the Cubs have done a nice job. But who are going to be the teams? Who are you buying into? It's like Marlins, Nationals, no chance. You know, Brewers Council is going to have that group ready, but I don't see it at all. I have no idea how they're going to score runs again. Maybe worse than last year. The Giants, no, not buying it. Sorry. We know what kind of offseason they had and what kind of they didn't have, even though I like Stripling and some of the moves that they made. You know, they got Stripling and Mania, I think, for a total of 50, uh, two years each at whatever it was, 24 and 26, I think it was, in, in fact. And I love Taiwan Walker, but the Phillies paid four years for 71 million for one player. So, the Giants made some good moves. I think Farhan did a nice job, but they're not cutting that gap, right? Love what Tori Lavello has been doing with those fighting D-backs. I'm not buying, you know, the Orioles. You want to give me the Orioles? I mean, what team do you think is the dark horse of 2023? To me, that's the third biggest question. I don't have, look, I don't, these are, I don't have answers. The fun part is this is what I'm looking forward to. Sometimes, you know, we can prognosticate all we want. We're going to all pick World Series champions and I'll do that too. And we'll break down the divisions and I'll do that too. But at the end of the day, It's okay to say I'm psyched and pumped up just to see what the answers to these questions are going to be. How will the new rules impact the game, the impact of the World Baseball Classic this year, and who wins, and who are the dark horses in 2023? Here are some coming in from Twitter. I asked what's the thing you're most looking forward to, 2023 baseball season. Ivan uh, says that uh, BR Codeman, uh, a Mets World Championship. We'll get into that in a second. Ryan says at Mets Space Fan, uh, no shift is a big one. Interesting to see how it impacts the game. Daryl's got Vladdy, Vladdy Jr.'s true coming out season. And uh, go Cubs go 21-24 at all too easy 75 on Twitter. Dub Bears. Uh, hey, look, Cubs are going to be better. I get it. Cubs are going to be better. WV Redleg says I'm a Reds fan, but the battleground that is the NL East now is fascinating. Mets, Braves, Phillies, a menage a trois of really good teams with great players. PG and family show, but at WV Red Meat, I get where you're coming from. And let's go to where Ivan and WV Redlegs were. And again, no order. This is not a countdown to number one, but this is the fourth installment of the top 10 things I'm looking forward to. Top 10 questions to be answered. 2023 MLB season. Will and has Steve Cohen's bank rolled a new champion? Has Steve Cohen bankrolled a champ in Queens? Everybody has concentrated on all the money the Mets have spent. Everybody has concentrated on all of the dollars that the Mets have spent in the offseason and the ones they couldn't spend that they tried to before everything went awry with the ankle. We'll get to that here in this list with Carlos Correa. 
you got a lot of age in Scherzer and Verlander. And look, we saw Scherzer with the dead arm down the stretch. In the last year, he was with L.A. We saw him, look, dead down the stretch, dead to rights against the Braves and against the Padres. And after pitching really well, and that's with the oblique issue he had, and he couldn't even pitch the full year. So what do you get out of those two guys? Um, the upside of Kode, Sun Kode Senga, I'm really pumped about, but we don't know necessarily exactly what we're going to get out of him, even though I think there's certainly a chance he could be very good. You know, obviously, I think bringing Nimmo back and bringing Edwin Diaz back, those were musts, but those don't make the team better. Where I do think the Mets got better that they don't get a lot of credit for because it's not as sexy as in the bullpen. I think, you know, look, Adovino did a great job last year bringing him back in addition to what they already had gotten with Brooks Raley and David Robertson. That, to me, iced the cake about where this bullpen is. And this bullpen for the Mets is way, way better. They're going to have a way better chance to not have to rely heavily on Diaz and to keep him as fresh as they can. They're going to be a way better position to, I think, in games where, and again, you're talking about the Braves and the Phillies, as somebody mentioned on Twitter, and how tough some of these games are going to be. They're going to be able to match up, I think, really, really well. I love the reverse splits of D-Rob. They're going to be way better. No offense, Joely Rodriguez, in situations against left-handed hitting. So I, I think really you're looking at a situation now where for the New York Mets, their bullpen is way better equipped. And look, Taiwan Walker and Chris Bassett during the regular campaign, team that won 101 games, those are big losses. Big shoes to fill for Jose Quintana and Kodai Senga. I think it could be a push. It could be a wash where you may net gain. And I love Jacob DeGrom. I do. But Jake was never pitching 30 starts in a year. And Verlander, even at this age, been very, very durable, really understands his body. And I think you got a good chance that Verlander going to be out there every five days and give you what you need, even though you're going to want to, and Buck will, be careful with him because he's sitting there 39, 40 years old. But I think absolutely one of the 10 biggest questions and things to look forward to and things to find out about the 2023 MLB season has got to be, has Steve Cohen bankrolled a champion? No order again. We got MLB rules impacting uh, the game. How the WBC fares, injuries, who wins, who are the dark horses, and has Steve Cohen bankrolled a champion? Again, my top 10 things that I'm looking forward to seeing answered in the 2023 season. What are yours? Dan gets in at DanEboy09 on Twitter. A full, healthy season of Mike Trout and Ronald Acuna Jr. You mentioned Mike Trout. Let's get to one that's a sexy one I've thrown in there for me. Top 10 questions, things to look forward to 2023. Does Mike Trout follow the NBA path? Now, what in the hell does that mean? Does Mike Trout follow the NBA path? I'm not saying is he going to go play point guard for the Philadelphia 76ers, his team growing up. The NBA stars. The stars of stars, the kings of kings, went Triple H on you, WWE folks. But those NBA stars, and it's not just Kyrie, the ultimate pain in the ass, but all of these stars, they now live by a creed that is as follows. I can sign a contract. It says whatever it says. And once that contract is signed, I could still force the hand of whatever team I play for to trade me wherever the hell I want. And we have seen all kinds of different stars over the years in the NBA. I mean, you know, we, a ton of them go ahead and live by this philosophy and have it be successful. 
the amount of times we've seen guys beg and force a trade that they have not been moved are zero. Now, maybe the ugliest situation we saw was with Ben Simmons, but Mike Trout a lot better than Ben Simmons. Speaking of Sixers, at least ties at that point to Trout and Philadelphia, who I know Mike going to be big this weekend on his Eagles. If Mike Trout wants to be traded, Mike Trout will be traded. If Mike Trout has a specific place he wants to be traded to, Mike Trout can get traded there. But Mike Trout is the guy you never hear anything about. Mike Trout, the guy who wants to call the guy at the Weather Channel before he wants to do an interview or anything public, even if it's related to baseball. He don't want to be in the spotlight. He don't want to be doing any kind of the frills and any of that. He want to be in the cage working. And by the way, I'm not getting on the guy. That's just what it is, right? I think the league has done the wrong thing in the way they've tried to get him to promote more. I think you gotta you, you gotta push him, but in a way where you you you're asking him and you're trying to build him up and you gotta blow a lot of smoke, not sit there and do what Rob Manfred, the commissioner, did, who's done a lot of things wrong, let's be fair, and went out there publicly a couple of years ago basically telling you that Mike Trout not doing enough. Sorry. But Mike Trout not doing a lot. Mike Trout, not an exciting person. He not. Love, love Mike Trout. He, he's an unbelievably nice guy. I've seen him with the media, including me. He's been always kind, kind with everybody I've ever seen him from spring training and during regular season games and after games, doesn't matter where, giving out autographs, being with kids. He's great. Mike Trout, great. Mike Trout, not moving the needle. Mike Trout, not moving his own needle. Mike Trout, not going to ruffle feathers. And Mike Trout, not going to muddy waters. But Mike Trout should ruffle, should muddy, should freak out and should at some point this season say, I demand to finish this 2023 season in another uniform. If I was Mike Trout's friend, if I was Mike Trout's agent, this is what I would be telling him. I probably have done it already if I were him. Is that going to make anybody in the league not like Mike Trout, other than the Angels maybe in their organization? Nope. There's not going to be one single player who's going to blame Mike Trout, the best player on earth, for wanting to play more than the 11 total. Mike Trout has had 11 total at-bats in a postseason. He's one for 11. All of them, all of them were in one postseason of play that I covered when I was at Turner. One, when they played the Royals. Lost in three days. One time. They won 98 games and then went to the postseason, and in three days they went home. C.J. Wilson, two-thirds of an inning, and Mike, so, and all that whole thing, and goodbye. That's it. That's it. Mike Trout got 11 at-bats. Mike Trout should walk into the office the first day of spring training and say, you got till the end of the season to trade me or I'm going to sit out. And you know what? That sucks. And you signed a contract and you shouldn't do that. And these are the things that you need to kind of follow through with if you're a baseball player because you're an adult and a professional. And I'm a believer in a lot of that. So I'm just telling you the truth. I get it. But you know what? If I was advising Mike Trout, I'd tell him to demand a trade because no one's going to get mad at him. Everybody knows he's being held hostage with that. Now, it's his own fault because I never thought he would have gone back there, and he surprised a lot of us by doing that. But that team with the Angels, whether Arnie Moreno changed his mind on selling or not, they are never going to win. Otani is going to leave. I'm telling you right now, I said this a million times, and I'm going to combine number five and number six because number six, again, no order, Top 10 questions I want to see answered in 2023. Top 10 biggest stories. Top 10 things to look forward to. They're all in the same category. And here's another one. Where does Otani finish the 2023 season? Because it's not going to be with the Angels. 
Otani's getting traded at the deadline. Otani is not staying. If you can go and bet in Vegas today, and I've been saying this for a year, there are certain things that I feel so strongly about that I just continue to bang, 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 bang on the drum. You go back in the podcast from before the season ended, and every day where free agency was brought up, I said, you can, if there's one move of a guy leaving a team where you can book where he's going to go, you can start ordering your Trey Turner Phillies jerseys. I feel even more strongly telling you, Shohei Otani next season and for long after that is either going to play for the Mets, the Yankees, or the Dodgers. And the only other team that's even possible, in my opinion, is the Seattle Mariners. That's it. He's not playing for the Padres. He's not going to go anywhere else. He won't still be in the Angels. He's not going to the Cubs. He's not going to you, wherever you are. And by the way, you may think this is a Met thing. I have said many times on this podcast, and we'll say again, I, I cannot be positive, but I feel very confident he's going to end up on the Yankees. That for all the you know old Steinbrenner, new Steinbrenner things they don't do with luxury tax or going and extending themselves, you're going to see Otani and Judge commercials until you're blue in the face for the for the continuance of time. In my opinion, that's where he ends up. But it's going to be a Mets, Dodgers, Yankees, and a side of Seattle, and that's it. Not going to be the Angels. So Otani going to be gone. Where he finishes the season, one of the biggest ten questions for sure. But. If I'm Mike Trout, I'm pushing to get the hell out of there. If I'm Mike Trout, I'm saying I'm sorry. Like, and I and I get it. It's not the greatest thing in the world. It's not. But if I'm Mike Trout, I'm saying I want out. Goodbye. That's it. I ain't doing this no more. Mike Trout should demand a trade, and Mike Trout should leave and get traded. Mike Trout could go to the Yankees or the Mets or to the Phillies or wherever. I, I mean, Mike Trout should be gone. I'm not saying to go be Kyrie. I think there's a certain way to do everything. I get it. But they're not going to be egg on the face if you're Mike Trout. So where does Otani finish the season? And does Mike Trout follow suit of the NBA stars? Baseball kind of cool uh, gets in on uh, at uh, Kick the Pony on Twitter. How teams hold runners with limited throwovers now? And I think to me, and look, dude, I, I think you're absolutely dead on. And if uh, you get this or watching, eventually when you hear this, you're going to hear me say that of all the new rules, the one people are not paying attention to is the biggest one by far. And that's the impact of the running game this year. It'll be bigger than the pitchcock. It'll be bigger than the shift. I, I don't even have a question. It's, it's not even a, a question. Uh, Senga adapting to MLB, WBC. And, uh, yeah, look, and I like Mendick. Yeah, he could be a sneaky good ad. Look, I, I think depth is important. I think depth's important. Um, at uh, Mo Bray Dave on uh, Twitter says, sitting in the backyard watching a Blue Jays game on a Sunday afternoon. Dude, he's showing the grill in the picture. Oh, it like, yes. Yes. Give me some sun. Give me some sport. There ain't nothing better than sitting there watching a game in an afternoon with a cold beer. Amen. Put that in the pipes and smoke it for sure. Here are the six so far. Again, no order. Not counting them down. Doing it that way. How the new rules affect the game. Where does Otani finish the 2023 season? Does Mike Trout follow suit of the NBA stars and get himself traded? Which, please, Mike, please, for the game of baseball, get the hell out of there. How does the WBC impact uh, the game, the players, injuries, and who wins? Has Steve Cohen bankrolled a champion? And who are the dark horses in this league of have and have nots, Texas and Chicago uh, being a couple that I threw out there? How about the shortstops? 
at number seven. Mentioned Trey Turner. Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, Dansby Swanson, Carlos Correa. One of the big stories, you know, the, the four horsemen, the uh, founding fathers of shortstops, right? The Mount Rushmore of the free agency. That was where we were. How is all this going to work out? I think Trey Turner in Philadelphia is a bar none perfect match, and it'll be even more perfect once Harper gets back midseason. You know, Xander Bogarts, I love Xander Bogarts. Underrated talent, underrated player. Got overpaid. There's nothing wrong with that. The Padres certainly have spent plenty of money, and we'll get to that in a second because they got their own here on my 10. Dansby Swanson, I feel like with the Chicago Cubs, was an underrated deal. And I think, you know, when you look at the AAV and the amount of years, it's a pretty good deal. Dansby Swanson's a winner. Now, what does that cost, and how much do you pay for that? I watched him here in Atlanta. This guy hits the best pitching, clutch gene through the roof leadership through the roof, general on the field for sure. And Dansby Swanson going to help be an extension of everything Rossi trying to do to build that culture. Everything Anthony Rizzo was during those years with Chicago. I mean, like Dansby Swanson going to be, that was a huge ad. And then the questions of Carlos Correa. I mean, you got you know, people saying it's the ankles, the worst they've ever seen. You got two teams in the Giants and Mets with tons of egg on the face that didn't want to go there. Eventually, when, even though they went far down the line, he goes back to the twins, tail between his legs, acting like he always wanted to be a twin. But please, I mean, are you kidding me? He was trying desperately to not go back to Minnesota. So what a weird scenario that is. It's like an arbitration case where these the two sides talk crap about each other and then they got to go back and play. Like, I never understood that. Like, you sit in a room, like, with your agent or your lawyer and the team tells you all the reasons they shouldn't pay you and then you got to go be nice to them the rest of the year. That, what a weird scenario that is. But Carlos Correa with the Twins, how that's going to pan out. Which shortstop of the four do you think was the best signing from free agency? Is it Turner, Phillies? Is it Xander? San Diego, is it Dansby with the Cubs or is it Correa with the Twins? Hit me up at Casey Stern on Twitter. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcast belated, you can get me on Twitter through the DMs or you can jump in and comment on the YouTube channel where you can watch and listen to all the videos, all the guests and more. It's simple. Go over to my Twitter at Casey Stern and get on board the un uh, unfiltered revolution in my bio for jumping on the YouTube channel and subscribing. I mentioned the Padres. Let's go to number eight, because I got one for San Diego all on their own. Is this the year that the Padres passed the Dodgers? Two years ago, during the Jace Tingler phenomenon, everybody was all over the Padres before the year. It was going to be the time. We had all that arms race, right, uh, before the season, and the Padres were putting in dollars, and they were going to spend money, and everybody trying to figure out, was that going to be the year that the Padres passed the Dodgers? And the answer was no. Even at the end of the year, fighting for Max Scherzer and losing him to the Dodgers. Then Bob Melvin came in. Then Juan Soto went over. Then Manny Machado was, uh, ascended to being an MVP and taking everything we had as talent and bringing the maturity with it and the work ethic with it at a new and advanced level, Manny Machado. Speaking of questions, what happens with him? Can they avoid letting him out the free agency? They just paid you Darvish till he's 88 years old. AAV down a little bit, but six years way too much. But the Padres ain't playing. They tried to give Aaron Judge $400 million. They gave Xander Bogarts $280 million. The Padres better have a lot more millions because they got to now pay Manny Machado and Juan Soto. How in the hell are you going to do that? Then you got people reporting they feel like they're going to be as in as anybody on Otani. 
Now, I don't know where the Padres getting all this money. Steve Cohen don't own that team. Whatever banks they robbing, they better find a few more. Whatever vaults they're opening, they better get a few more. Whatever Jedi mind tricks they're using, they better use a few more because to go get Soto and Machado to lock up and stay, bring in Otani to lock up and, and join them, you're going to be spending a lot of cash. But it's about what happens in the standings. And I think even for the chances to keep Manny Machado, it's about this year what happens in the standings. Can you finally get past the Dodgers? Can you finally get over that hump? Will the Padres do it in 2023? Do you think this is the year San Diego gets on top and outlasts the Dodgers? Again, top 10 biggest questions heading into 2023 for me and things to look forward to. I want your answers. We got eight in the can so far. No order. Got two to go. Will Houston ever have a problem? And we don't mean the problem that they had with, uh, you know, the legal aspect of things in baseball and what they did wrong in 2017 or the court of public opinion until the end of time now that that happened. But the Astros are in six consecutive, six consecutive league championship series. Six. It's going to be seven. It's going to be seven. Barring some injuries that are unforeseen, how's it not seven? Jose Abreu was one of the best pickups in the offseason. I love Yuli Gurriel, especially in big spots. But you take uh, Abreu and Gurriel, and not a question. Abreu, a better player, even at this age. Better hitter. And in that lineup, the amount of runs, this guy drives in big runs. I mean, Jose Abreu, you put him in the right spot, not even over-exaggerating, could drive in 120 runs this year. I mean, this dude gets knows and gets it old school style. Get the ball in the air, runner at third, less than two out, right? Kind of a thing. He, he knows how to bring runs in. This guy knows what he's supposed to do. Shorten his swing. I remember I've said this before. I happen to be standing right there behind the cage, the first ever BP that Jose Abreu took in the States when he signed with the White Sox. And it was out in Glendale. And I remember being there. And right before him, Avisail Garcia because everybody, there were tons, it might have been 100 media members. And Avisil Garcia was, was hitting bombs, like 500 miles into the, into the afternoon there in Arizona, showing off. And here comes Jose Abreu with what I call the Paul Goldschmidt BP, and that's a, that's a compliment, where he going all the way to the opposite side of the field. He's spraying the ball. It looks like a sprinkler that is just covering the golf course evenly. They're like a wand. This guy a hitter. Everybody not hitting enough home runs. He ain't going to hit home runs. You gap to gap it, and you play in that park, with his swing, he'd be fine. Yeah, I know they lost Verlander, but anybody watch Christian Javier? I got news for you. Christian Javier is going to be the ace of the team this year. He's going to outpitch Framber Valdez this year. He's going to be a Cy Young candidate this year. Tell me I'm wrong. Go back and watch how he pitched. He's ascended. Dusty still got the Bregmans and the Altuves and the growth of the Tuckers of the world and the younger players that are still getting better and better like he is. Astros are going nowhere. It's going to be seven. There ain't no problem in Houston. And that brings me to, again, no particular order, the 10th of the 10. And I'll give you them again up to this point. How will the new MLB rules impact the game? Is this the year the Padres is no order? Uh, and this isn't even in the order I gave him out. Uh, is this uh, the year the Padres pass the Dodgers? Where does Otani finish the 2023 season? Does Mike Trout follow the NBA star path and ask for a trade? How does the WBC impact the players, injuries, and who wins? Has Steve Cohen bankrolled a champion? 
Who are the dark horses in this league of have and have nots? What about the shortstops who are on the move in Turner and Xander and Dansby and Carlos Correa? And will Houston ever have a problem? I say no. Astros going for their seventh consecutive league championship series. And uh, without further ado, number 10, coming off the Astros, when there are Astros, there are Yankees. And it's the encore for Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge had a remarkable year. Aaron Judge had a historic year. Aaron Judge did it in a historic and remarkable place and brand number one in all of sports as a Yankee. Now he's the captain of the Yankees, a Yankee team that paid him the money to come back, a Yankee team that gave him nine years to come back and then got Carlos Rodon, a Yankee team that's going to have Nestor a year older and wiser and a healthy Severino and a Rodon and a Cole and pitch the hell out of it and the bullpen health back. Young kids mixed in, continuing to grow, and an offense that they hope will be better than it was last year. Wallet being able not only to bring back Judge, but although Anthony Rizzo as well, don't forget about that. But Aaron Judge going to be watched. Aaron Judge, we now expect history. Aaron Judge could hit 37 home runs this year, and people are going to talk about well, if we would have known that, we shouldn't have given him a nine-year deal. Now, I'm not one of those people, but those people will exist. Aaron Judge is coming off a postseason where I understand personally, because I think we need to be human, how exhausted, you can only even try and imagine, how exhausted that dude must have been. Carrying that team by himself, leading off, because like it's the only way to you know make sure they don't pitch around you, the beginning of the game hitting doubles and getting basically booed and sized because it was a disappointment. He was it and all that and the bag of chips and then didn't play well in the postseason. And now Aaron Judge got nine years. And now Aaron Judge could be expected again to hit a home run every damn game. Now Aaron Judge is going to be expected by the Yankee fan to be the damn savior. Yeah, it's going to be on Booney for sure. Yeah, going to be on Brian Cashman, even though not playing for everything he did or didn't do. But Aaron Judge is going to be watched. That encore for Aaron Judge is absolutely one of the 10 things to watch heading into the 2023 baseball season. Encore for Judge. Is it the last ride for Trout with the Angels? Where will Otani play the last game of the regular season? The Padres, closer to first than last, but will they ever win the division? How about the new rules that have divided us all and how they've changed? Steve Cohen, who can purchase us all. How has he changed things in Queens? And from Queens to Kings, like Aaron Judge and the Encore, like the Astros, who still have no problem, like the four shortstops who got paid all that money. And ones like DeGrom, who got paid to take dark horses to the next level. And therein lie your top 10 biggest questions and things to look forward to as we approach the 2023 baseball season. As always, we hear it unfiltered, presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.